0: everybody. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology, the podcast that believes in three things, strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. And here in the month of June, we are going to be determining the best game show of all time. And I have gathered four people that I actually know are pretty big game show enthusiasts here. We have got a 32 seed bracket that we are going to run through. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, Chris, there's four of them. What happens if there's a tie? Pretty simple. I am also a game show enthusiast. I will be giving the tie-breaking vote. This is going to be fun. Let's introduce them in the order they're going to be picking, starting off in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Tim Dippel, my friend, how you doing, and what are you drinking?
1: Chris, I am doing well tonight, a little bit tired. Kid had me up really early this morning. How are you doing? I am doing well, uh, if for no other reason than I can't wait to hear what Mike's drinking. yeah that's gonna be entertaining uh i myself am just sticking uh i know we said strong drinks but i'm sticking to the water tonight there's a dd in every group man there's always a responsible person in every group yeah what are you drinking
0: i have got myself um so i I, i'm not sure where i started talking about this whether it's here a pub trivia experience it might even be on our patreon but i am starting a quest to have a beer from each of the 50 states Specifically, a beer with a bottle cap. And I'm going to put all the caps in a US map and hang it on my wall somewhere. This is going to be one of my California beers. One of, because there's multiple breweries in California, I'm sure I'll find another. That's from Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. This is the Anchor Brewing Porter. It is a solid pick. I've had it before. It is readily available all over the US. And being that this is a a California, if you're going to go
1: California, you got to go with the appropriate arrogant bastard.
0: Yeah, I've had the arrogant bastard. I'm actually not a huge fan. Your loss. It is. You could,
2: could also go with a little something, something. That's a good one from California as well.
0: Never even that heard is of it. But I will
2: try it. It's a like it's a Lagunitas.
0: Uh, I'm not a Lagunitas guy. But this here, okay. I'm a big porter fan. I know it's hot. It's 90 degrees outside. So Mike is not a fan of porters and stouts <laughs> in the summer. I'm a porter year round kind of guy because it's Florida. It's freaking hot all the time. <laughs> this is a fantastic porter though. I'm going to enjoy this. Let's head on out just north in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, my friend, long time no see. How you doing and what are you drinking? Doing all right. Good to be
2: back here. Uh, I am uh, working on a homebrew, actually. I've got the uh, um, Scottish ale that I brewed a little while back with. I uh, threw in some Belgian yeast to see what that would do to it. Uh, turns out it's a Scottish ale. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah now now i know Uh, i'm sure there's probably some other flavors back in there that i could have pulled out if i were a better brewer but i'm not so
0: so it goes hey i'll drink to that (laughs) next up we're going out to fort worth texas steven how are you doing and what are you drinking
3: I'm doing quite well, and if you're all done talking about your various flavors of fermented piss water, I'm going to go ahead and crack open a delicious Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Major Melon like God intended us to drink.
0: (sighs) There you go. And last, not only here, but in the uh, Chris and Mike annual Oscar bet, we've got Mike. Mike you want to tell our listeners what your punishment is for losing to me yet again in Oscar picks.
4: Yeah, it is well documented that I am an idiot. Uh, I agreed to do a beer bet with Chris uh, in our Oscar pool this year, even though I have never beaten him. So that was really dumb. Uh, and so tonight, uh, this is this month's boozy is my penance. Uh, the bet was that whoever uh, won got to choose the loser's beer for the month. Uh, in the next month in that month's boozy bracketology. So this is it. Uh, and honestly, Chris, you went a little easy on me for the first one, I think, because the first thing he said was you need to go pick up a big old can of Foster's. I don't love Foster's, but it's not a terrible beer. It's a terrible
0: beer. So if I have a story with Foster's. We were, uh, in college. So this is in college. This is back in the days when I drank Natty light, like deliberately, <laughs> <laughs> We were staying in a, like a, a, fa- a four-star hotel, because my, my, my college roommate worked at Hilton, so we had like the best hotels. We're staying at a four-star hotel in uh, Raleigh, actually, for the NC State game. Oh. And the hotel had a happy hour, and they were giving free beer at happy hour. The only beer they were giving out was Foster's. At 22 years old, I couldn't drink it. It was that bad. <laughs> it might be my least favorite beer of all time. I think I'd have an IPA before I have that. So, Mike, that's a big-ass can. Enjoy that.
4: It 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 is a big-ass can, and, and uh, technically you didn't specify, and more to the point, I did not specify to my wife when she went happened to be at the grocery store and picked it up for me, so I do have the premium and not the regular. It's the green <laughs> can as opposed to the blue can, so let's see if I can get under this tab here. There we go. Oh, yeah, that's got the big can pop and everything. <laughs> so Let's see if my memory was serving me or if this truly is as bad as you say.
1: This can is bigger than he is. It is a huge can. <laughs> it is a big can,
4: and yet there's probably
2: more alcohol in this beer.
0: Yes,
4: yes, for sure. No, honestly, that is that's not terrible. I can drink that.
0: Well, you've also failed on my other two. I've given you. I tried to give you uh, Mad Dog, and I tried to give you. Uh...
4: No, no, you th- gave me you gave me Beast, Milwaukee's best, and Ice House, and I yep. have not. I was not able to find either of those. So, uh, but that'll really? be coming up in the next. What I substituted will be coming up in the next episode.
0: I can't wait for that. But let's get into the picks. <laughs> Tim, you're kicking us off the overall number one seat. So the seating on this, ladies and gentlemen, is pretty simple. Um, it's not based on quality. The seating here is literally based on how many episodes have been published. So longevity matters. The game show with the most episodes on this bracket, the overall number one seed is The Price is Right. The 16th seed, I think it only lasted for one season recently on CBS or Fox. Mental Samurai. Tim, you're kicking us off.
1: All right. So, look, I like I like Rob Lowe. Uh, he is a, a great actor. I listen to his podcast for Parks and Rec. Um, where he he, parks and recollection where they go episode by episode and talk about parks and rec. He was fantastic as Chris Traeger. Um, Mental samurai is a fun game and I love, you know, the various styles and how it's, you know, it's a little bit different and everything's a little bit different, but come on. What kid growing up, especially in like the eighties and nineties didn't love staying home sick from school. And putting on at 11 a.m. The Price is Right. Friend of the pod, Lauren Carey, still brags about doing that now. (laughs) (laughs) this, This is The Price is Right. It doesn't matter whether it's Bob Barker or Drew Carey. Is Drew Carey as good as Bob Barker? No. Is he still a quality host and is the show still the same? Yes. And sadly, I don't think we're going to see kids in the future have that opportunity because when they're sick, they're just going to be on remote work and not going to be able to sit there and watch Price is Right. So I feel sorry for them, but this is the Price is Right and it's not even close. The Price is Right has its first vote. Jeff, give me your opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think the Mental Samurai might have been better had Rob Lowe actually hosted the show in character as Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec. Yes!
3: Uh, that would have been amazing. That,
2: that, that sort of energy is exactly what a game show needs. Uh, but yeah, it, Price is Right is obviously the show that we all have our memories of. We can all play some of the games or imagine them in our minds. In fact, there's one other show on this bracket that is almost entirely based upon one of the show, <laughs> one of the small bits from Price is Right. So um, uh, the, uh, the Plinko bit, uh, that was yeah. uh, always one of the most memorable ones. If I mention, even to say the words, the cliffhanger theme song, you will immediately have it stuck in your head for the next two months you are welcome
0: price is right is my vote two for the price is right let's see if steven disagrees with adam sandler steven give me your opinion
3: well i do disagree with adam sandler in most things but look the key to a perfect game show is it needs to be simultaneously seeming easy enough that everyone sitting on the couch thinks that they'd be amazing at it and also actually difficult enough that everyone on the show sucks at it. And The Price is Right for <laughs> 90% of the games is exactly that. It's something that seems so easy that we can all sit there and say what an idiot is. And we would all we all would all, not even get up to play the game. We'd guess the $1 and never get up to play it. The Price is Right is perfect <laughs> for that because it makes me feel superior. It makes them look like idiots. And even though I know I would suck at the game, I'm still pretty sure I would win both the showcases. Price is right. gets my vote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do we have a sweep?
4: Look, I, I had never even heard of mental samurai before this bracket. And in fairness, I did go and check it out and it is, it's a fun game. Like Tim said, uh, but we might as well get it out of the way right now. I'll drop the catchphrase. The price of right is the price is right. Is the juggernaut it, <laughs> as Tim said, it was the best thing about staying home from sick from school as a kid it's it might be the only reason that my dog is neutered <laughs> wow <laughs> but serious but no seriously the price is right yeah it, uh, Stephen desc- described it very well it, it it does do that you're always yelling at the people like oh my gosh you're such an idiot but would we do any better who knows maybe one day one of us will fi- have a chance to find out in the meantime sweep it along
0: the price is white has swept the 16 seat out of this bracket and we are moving along it's time for your eight versus nine matchup. The Eight Seed, a classic from my childhood, the Nickelodeon show Double Dare, taking on the Nine Seed, the more recent Deal or No Deal. We're starting with Jeff.
2: So there's uh, there's an interesting trend among some of the more recent uh, game shows, and they all kind of look like they have the same set. Uh, Deal or No Deal kind of falls into that trap. Honestly, Deal or No Deal, I I don't hate it. Uh, I remember it being, uh, a little bit simplistic, but it's actually, but it actually just kind of benefits from that. It really is, uh, a straightforward, uh, luck and how, uh, how much your, uh, appetite for risk is game. Uh, it's worthwhile, but double dare was, uh, honestly somewhat unique among all of the games in this, this bracket. Uh, It's one largely populated by kids uh, as contestants. It's one where there's a more physical element to things. I think there's only really one other uh, game on here that has a significant, as significant a physical element as double dare. It was messy as hell. And it was just, Fun. It's a celebration of childhood in all of its messy, goofy, climy, playful glory. Uh, so I've got to give my vote to Double Dare. Uh, also, fun little trivia. Uh, host Mark Summers apparently had OCD. Uh, right show to, uh, to host there, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> good choice. Uh, good choices. Uh, so I guess we can just consider this show his exposure therapy. Uh, it was, uh, but yeah, double
0: there gets my vote. No, Jeffy, bring up an interesting point that I didn't get to address earlier in the bracket. Uh, these shows that are on here, they are not going to be competition based. So everything here has some sort of a mental angle. We're going to do a separate bracket. That's going to be all competition shows where things like, um, wild and crazy kids from Nickelodeon, things like uh, American gladiator, they'll be on that bracket. That'll be coming out a little bit later. This is all going to be things that are based on at least some mental acuity. So double dare. Gets so where in the world note. is
2: Carmen San Diego
0: just gets effing snubbed. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up.
4: I brought it up too, Jeff. Yep.
0: Yes. We're in the world. And Carmen San Diego got snubbed. Sorry. You had two other kids. You had two other kids competition two, two other kids shows on here. We can we can lose the one. I apologize. Fair. Next up, though, is going to Steven.
3: All right. I'm going to make this very, very clear. If the goddamn banker offers you an amount of cash which is greater than the average value of the remaining fucking suitcases, you take the goddamn deal. If he offers you a value that's less than the average of the remaining fucking suitcases, you decline the deal. It's not that fucking hard. It's a very simple task. I hate every fucking contestant that has ever been on the show. Double dare gets my vote.
2: <laughs> Who the hell is going up on deal or no deal with a calculator,
3: Steven? <laughs> it's multiples of ten! It's not that hard. <laughs> Alright. Mike, you're up.
4: All right. so, I don't I don't hate deal or no deal. I actually I actually do find it enjoyable, even though it's kind of one of uh it's one of what I kind I consider. I I describe them as reality TV era game shows or maybe social media era is the better way to do it. I mean, obviously TV game shows, they always had, you know, real life people, but deal or no deal is one of those shows right in that era when the shift started going from the game to the personalities and the image a little more. I feel like that was, I feel like deal or no deal was one of the first and there were more in that vein. Despite that, I don't, hate it and and like Stephen was saying with the prices right it has that same thing of of where you can scream at the people for being idiots especially and it's even more ridiculous because you're like why did you pick suitcase number four it's obviously suitcase number eight like that kind of thing and which of course you have you have no more bearing than anybody else but uh, all that being said, this I'm not going to leave too much suspense here. Uh, Double Dare, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I didn't even know until very recently until we started this bracket that it, it had been revived a few years ago, but it was really kind of a gateway drug for me uh, into game shows when I was a kid. I actually remember having like the at-home Double Dare kit or something like that. I got it for my birthday when I was like nine and and doing that it was it was fun it did double dare is my opinion it's the more fun show it's uh it requires a little more skill and uh yeah it gets my vote here
0: double dare has a three nothing vote tim do we have another sweep
1: yeah i mean i really enjoy watching deal or no deal or i did um the suspense was fun you know trying to figure out the odds sure um but i was born in 1987 So the 90s were my childhood, and that childhood was Nickelodeon. And if you watch, there's a documentary on, I believe, Hulu called The Orange Years. And it's all about that golden age of the late 80s to early 2000s Nickelodeon, the years that we all loved. And Double Dare is actually one of the show's that is most responsible for the success of Nickelodeon in the early years. Um, So there's no way that a child of Nick could vote against the show that basically launched Nick. So this this is Double Dare.
0: Double Dare has a sweep moving into the Sweet 16, and we are moving on. Our next pick, a couple of classics here, The Five Seed. The Pyramid series, either $10,000 or $100,000 Pyramid versus the 12 Seed. They've recently uh, brought back Name That
3: Tune. And with this one, we're going to start with Steven. I don't love either one of these shows. Um, pyramid has a fundamental problem and um, what happens if you're a good contestant, but you get stuck with a fucktard celebrity. Uh, Name That Tune has the problem that... A lot of so- music kind of sounds a lot alike, particularly when you can only hear a very small snippet. Um, so you either have to be super into music to really play name that tune, or you have to get lucky if for playing the $100,000 Pyramid. Um, I think I'm, I'm just not as big a music guy, so I enjoy watching the Pyramid games better. So that's going to get my vote.
4: Pyramid gets its first vote, Mike. I do enjoy, enjoy name that tune a lot. And, uh, I, I, am a pretty big music guy. So a lot of times when I'm playing at home, I, I just want to hear the music and it's almost weird to say this, but one of my issues with, with name that tune sometimes is there's, there's too much trivia involved before they actually get to playing the song. Half the time I figured out what the answer is before I even hear a note and on, I wish they would get rid of that and just play the music. Cause I want to be on it. Uh, but I still enjoy it. Uh, but still, for me, I have much more nostalgia for pyramid, the pyramid variants. I think there was—correct me if I'm wrong—I think there was a twenty-five thousand dollar variant too. I think it was i believe it, there was—as as inflation being what it is, it just kept going up. Um, but I remember watching that a lot as a child with my mom, and I, it, it's just one of those that it was very easy to play along with at home and. It's, it's always held a special place in my heart. I like it. The pyramid is so instantly recognizable that the category names are always kind of fun. And so I think as Steven is right, he, he does make a very good point where I've definitely seen many an episode where a person who seems like they're, they would be pretty good, just got, you know, stuck with a, with a bad celebrity or you know, vice versa. Sometimes the celebrity carries you through the whole thing. So, so there is that element, but I still enjoy it. So I'm giving the pyramid variants my vote.
0: Pyramid picks up another vote. The next pick is going over to Tim.
1: All right. So I'm going to get this out of the way real quick. Um, there are a few matchups and they're pretty much all on this episode that both of the, epi- both of the shows. I'm not really keen on, like I've seen, Pretty much all of these episodes, at least these shows, at least a few episodes. This is one of those, though. I'm not a, I don't care about Name That Tune and I don't care about Pyramid. But you know what I do like? Um, the things that are blank podcasts, which is basically a, a, a knockoff of Pyramid uh and if you're counting yes that's my third recommendation of the show uh (laughs) so check that one out yeah this is just going to be pyramid for me simply because i like things that are blank all
0: right pyramid's got its third vote do we have a sweep we're going over to jeff so i think
2: one thing that will force me to give my vote to name that tune here and prevent the sweep uh is the uniqueness of the format it's uh it's most other of the game shows are, you know, they're trivia-based or there's, you know, the, the luck, you know, the spinning the wheel appears a couple of times. And, you know, guessing a musical number doesn't show up a whole hell of a lot. It's uh, especially not a show that you're basing it around that entire thing. So I kind of have to give Name That Tune props <laughs> for that. Plus the fact that I, I feel like in terms of our culture, you 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 run across name that tune references a little bit more than the the, the pyramid. It just kind of faded out, and yeah, you know, there was a revival of both of these. In fact, uh, that no one really paid attention to either one of them. The Name That Tune revival, another show that definitely could have benefited from its host uh, hosting it in character from their most famous sitcom role. Uh, Jane Krakowski definitely needed to be uh, Jenna Maroney for for this show. But regardless, I I watched enough of the original Name That Tune and uh, a couple of episodes of the uh, Jane Krakowski one. that It's all right. It gets my vote. Uh, i'm not upset that it's not moving on but i'll throw it a vote
0: yeah same vote here uh my vote would have gone for name that tune as well but the the most recent version it's not just we don't to need jenny maroney we need randy jackson back from american idol because this whatever version of this randy jackson is where he's just mellow and stuff is not good for television it's just annoying <laughs> we're moving on mike you're leading the next one the next one here uh, we'll see how this one goes. The number four seed, Family Feud, the 13 seed, Win Ben Stein's Money.
4: So it's interesting because Win Ben Stein's Money was a trivia show that was on Comedy Central. It was, and it was. It was a lot of fun. It's really cool. The stakes were pretty low if if, if memory serves. I mean, you know, it's not like I don't think Ben Stein's super wealthy because I think the, the payout was like $5,000. Fun. Show. It was a fun show, though. It was great. But given that it was on comedy central, isn't it interesting that family feud is the funnier show? I mean, it just, it just is. I've watched so many iterations of family feud. I grew up with Ray Combs. And then, you know, I forget the exact order. Louis Anderson was in there for a while. Uh, Richard Carn was in there for a while. Obviously Steve Harvey has, has certainly carved out a, a space for himself in family feud lore. The host does does matter but it's the same it's the same show regardless it's and it's it's so much fun to play along with and it's a, it's a ridiculous show it's crazy but it's so it it's great it's great it the one thing that they, they've they gone a little overboard recently i feel like with some of the innuendos like they're leaning into that a little hard but still let's see a little hard there's another innuendo for you it doesn't <laughs> matter to me i i really enjoyed when ben stein's money but it doesn't particularly stand out uh among the great many number of quiz shows but family feud definitely stares out stands out with its format and uh its uh cultural impact so family feud getting my vote the
0: feud has its first
1: vote tim you're up well today i learned that there were over 700 episodes of win ben stein's money um i didn't think it ran that long but uh yeah this is another one i'm not the biggest fan of either one Ben Stein was a little bit before my uh my trivia time um i pretty much eat sleep and breathe trivia at this point but Ben Stein, that went off the air in 2003 not really in my my time frame there um family feud is just a bunch of idiots getting together who don't listen um <laughs> <laughs> you know name name a three-letter animal bulldog um <laughs> you know that type of thing and it makes for some comedic moments and so that for that i'm just gonna throw a vote over to family feud family feud's got another vote we're bringing it over to jeff can we pause
2: just to mention how much of a piece of work ben stein actually is in ha! real life mm-hmm. uh, dude who's famous for largely being boring definitely said some things that are anything but uh most famously perhaps he has uh said that the investigation into the watergate uh, burglary was a bad thing because it led directly to the genocide in cambodia you're <laughs> gonna leave that with y'all for a second hmm. you can figure out that chain of logic on your own uh and I'm not entirely certain whether he's just be, being serious or whether he's just trying to fuck with his high school classmate, Carl Bernstein. <laughs> uh, anyway, Wynn Ben Stein's money was fine, but I think the vote and the next round berth should definitely go to the endlessly memeable, always unintentionally
3: hilarious family feud. All right. And Stephen, do we have the sweep? This one's a little bit tough for me because I actually watch the hell out of Win Ben Stein's money. I, I absolutely love that show. Even like during the Sarah Silverman years, I watched it. Um, it's a good concept because the premise of the show is every show we give out the prize, whether it's ten or $5,000, depending on the season. And Ben Stein gets to keep the remainder of the money that the contestants doesn't win. So he's actually motivated to beat you because you are literally taking Ben Stein's money if you win it's a good premise for a show. It does have the problem that it does promote the falsity that Ben Stein is an intelligent person. That has been covered before. Uh, He's kind of the definition of the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Um, that that's what Ben Stein is. He's really, he knows a lot. He's very dumb. And when, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was on Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. He called Ben Stein as his phone friend, and Ben Stein didn't know the answer. That was my greatest moment on that show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Family Feud. It, it, it's it's a lot like, like I said when we started off. It's a show that we all believe we're great at. And there's no way to be great at that show, because it's basically, can you match your answers to what 100 random idiots outside our studio said last Tuesday? There's no way to be good at it, <laughs> and yet we all think we're exceptional. And that's compelling television. So, yeah, I, I hate to just keep giving out sweeps, but it's, it's got to go to Family Feud.
0: Now, not a whole lot of drama so far, but we're going to move right along here. The next pick is going to be the six seed. Win, lose, or draw... Versus the more recent eleven seed, are you smarter than a 5th grader? And this one here we're starting out with... Hmm. Take a look at that. We are back to Tim.
1: Yeah. Um. So when I said I've watched at least a few episodes of all of this, I lied. Uh, I've never seen an episode of Win, Lose, or Draw. Um, I don't think I even could really describe it. But there is neither of these shows no matter who wins here neither of these shows are going past probably even the next round um but there's something funny about jeff foxworthy of all people telling other people <laughs> that they're dumber than children and then letting the children prove it uh so i'm just throwing my vote behind uh are you smarter than a fifth grader fifth grader has its first vote next pick here goes to jeff yeah,
2: I mean, I'm definitely not a fan of either of these shows. I think, uh, the, the, uh, the Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader was definitely, uh, in that category of shows that Stephen has so well described during this episode of shows that you think you are good at on the couch and then suck at in person. Uh, win loser draw is a game based on the absolute dumbest party game uh i'm sorry i hate pictionary it's fucking obnoxious but i actually i'm going to give my vote to win loser draw for one reason and one reason only and it's the set all of the other shows actually have a set that looks kind of like a game show win loser draw is set in a living room (laughs) It's, in fact, a set based on Burt Reynolds' living room. (laughs) (laughs) Burt Reynolds, I believe, is one of the original executive producers of the show, so that's not as random as it sounds, but it's a fun little factoid. (laughs) So I guess I'm just going to give my vote to Winlers or Draw based on that, because
3: they don't really have a reason to care either way. (laughs) It is one-to-one. Next pick goes to Steven. So, the last time I was at a board game night, one of the games I played was Pictionary. And, literally, the other team was at the final red square that you need to complete to win, while well, my team was on start. <laughs> 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 I have never seen my brother's face so red. We had to take a break. <laughs> but I'll be goddamn if my three team of men did not come back and win that fucking game of Dictionary, and we have not let the women's team live that down to this day. You were on the final red. If you're listening to this, honey, I beat you. I came back from nothing, from disaster. I practically couldn't speak to my brother again, and we beat you. Take it. Take it. Um, are you smarter than the fifth grader just confirms the fact that, you know, all those times I was sitting in class, and I thought, I'm never going to need to know this the rest of my life. I was correct, and the teacher was wrong. That's what it proved. I don't need this after the fourth fucking grade. I'm not a trigonometrist. I didn't need to learn that. (laughs) Who Um, the fuck is
1: learning trigonometry in fifth
3: grade, Stephen? (laughs) I don't know. I clearly wasn't paying attention in class.
4: (laughs) Jeff, didn't you take multivar in, like, freshman year?
0: (laughs) That's
3: junior year, Michael.
0: (laughs) Stephen was Ramsey on the other team.
3: Ramsey was on the other team. Oh, Ramsey Oh, this is uh, she. She drew like a, a semicolon with eyeballs and a stick figure running, and they guessed fucking Forrest Gump off that. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but we came back and won it. Right, well, Steve. Um. So yeah. To vote for yeah. Uh, which of these is the better show? <laughs> Obviously, the better show is uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? But, god damn, I love telling that story. I hope you're listening. <laughs> I hope you're listening.
0: <laughs> so that was a vote for which one?
3: Uh, are You I'm Smarter a Than a Fifth
0: Grader? <laughs> 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 I do, okay, I had that the other way. All right, uh, last vote goes over to Tim.
4: Mike, i right, already go the,
0: gone. Mike.
4: <laughs> oh, man how do you follow that? I, I, I actually, not, I very much like Stephen. I love playing, playing Pictionary in the right context. Uh, the right context, of course, being uh, a couple of beers in, uh, maybe not necessarily this particular beer, although my, uh, bicep is getting a pretty good workout lifting up this can. Um, <laughs> but when loser draw, yeah, as Jeff said, it's exactly that it's, it's Pictionary, but on TV, but I actually think that's kind of fantastic. I, I, it's been a hot minute since I've seen win, lose or draw, but I remember watching the hell out of that as a kid and thinking it was just so much fun. The people are always so frantic with their draw. It's great. It's, it's wonderful entertainment value to me. I, I like the premise of, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Uh, as, as Stephen said, the answer of course, isn't necessarily no, but it's, it's just been a lot longer since I studied this stuff. And as I got older, I realized I didn't need to know it, so I pushed it out of my brain. Uh, the little shits that are on that show haven't <laughs> gotten to that yet. So, but and it, and it is really funny to see Jeff Foxworthy hosting that. But if I'm going to watch one of these, I'm going to put on Win, Lose or Draw because I just think I just think it's an absolute blast. So I'm going to put this in the uh, <sighs> probably not at all capable hands of Chris and see how this fares. Haven't we
1: learned we don't punt to Chris? Damn! So glad I
0: put all this work into organizing this shit for you guys. My lord,
4: <laughs> this He's one's going to the- vote for against Mickey's Christmas Carol again.
0: <sighs> you son of a put Mickey's bitch. Christmas Carol and Ducktales up in the same bracket. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Um, too soon. Yeah, this one's this one's actually not not easy because I don't particularly care for either of these shows. I've never yeah. sat down and said I can't wait to watch these, so I got to go by the one that I hate the le- the least. Um, I like the fact that Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader has the the trivia component to it, but I never find myself screaming at the screen with it. When at least Win Lose or Draw, I could get myself worked up. I get myself a lot more worked up playing Pictionary, but Win Lose or Draw is a more entertaining show for me. So it's going to get my vote.
1: Winless a draw is going to move on. Coming soon to the uh, Pub Trivia Experience YouTube channel, we're going to be playing Pictionary. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) Yes. That would be
1: be fantastic.
0: (laughs) Not in that episode. (laughs) Well, we are moving on here. The next vote, we're going to start this one off with Jeff. Jeff, you're choosing between the three-seed of match game or the 14th seed, ironically – the other show on this list that's technically set in somebody's bedroom, or living room, not bedroom. That'd be a way different show. Hollywood Game Night.
2: It is true. Hollywood Game Night is actually set in what's supposed to be a living room, but it's like a super... It's like a living room doesn't look like anyone lives in it. It's... uh... Uh, it's, it's very much a set that's, oh, someone threw a couch onto it and was like, it's a living room. Come on guys. L- l- <laughs> a little authenticity here. Uh, the match game was, uh, was interesting. I went back and I hadn't really heard of this game before. Uh, turns out it's like a proto Hollywood squares, basically. Uh, the, uh, in fact, so similar to Hollywood squares that they eventually made a mashup of the two uh I went back and watched a couple of episodes. There were some cringeworthy jokes about the Indonesian contestant and a uh <laughs> I mean it's the 60s Tim <laughs> yeah uh, and there was a uh not necessarily young but a lot younger than I remember her Betty White on the panel. Indeed. Um, so that's a point in my f- in that favor uh Hollywood game Night is actually kind of fun uh there's some weird charades elements and some things i don't even know if i know how to describe them elements um but i kind of think given how close the two are in my mind at the moment i'll give my vote to the uh the one of the OGs of the genre. So uh, Match Game and panelist Betty White, you get
0: my vote. Match Game picks up its first vote. Next pick is going out ah, to Steven.
3: <sighs> so... Yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I don't like Hollywood Game Night. I just don't know what it is. I've never liked a single episode I've seen of it. The only thing that makes me pause is that Due to the era it was invented, Match Game literally has the ugliest sets known to television. There's so much orange and so much brown, and it's all so furry, it's hard to look at. Um, And it's a show where basically it's a test of how clever you are, and at least four of the celebrity contestants cheat off of the other ones every single time. So it's not that creative. Uh, But I just cannot get my head around Hollywood Game Night, I guess. So I'm going to go into the
4: Match Game.
0: Match game has its second vote. We're bringing it over to Mike.
4: This is an interesting matchup because uh, there are two shows that do the whole para celebrity or at least a pseudo celebrity with some random person and, and, you know, let's roll with it type of thing. I, to be honest, until we did this bracket, I don't think I ever quite realized exactly how many game shows have that as it's kind of underlying thing. It's pretty incredible. I, it's amazing the number of the share number of people that made livings more or less during especially during the 70s and 80s I feel like uh, being the celebrities on a bunch of game shows. I mean I Charles Nelson Riley had both a fantastic Saturday night live skit based on him which which will always make me think of the phrase Charles Nelson Riley, you make Gandhi look like a child pornographer <laughs> and uh it also had a weird al song written about it i mean like at charles nelson Riley, i don't i know nothing that that man has done besides the ma- besides like match game in hollywood square it's incredible that, that 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 happened um sorry i'm rambling uh i'm kind of i'm kind of in steven's boat hollywood game night like there's part of me that that goes Man, this this is the this show has a variety of games. It you know, it's got a fun premise. It should be more entertaining than I feel like it is. I don't I don't know why, but I, I'm similar. I'm in a similar boat. I never quite got into it. And match game is just such a perfect slice of 70s kitsch that it's hard to go against it. The the, the again with the double entendres thing, but they're just they're so cringeworthy but you can't help but laugh so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for match game two. match
1: game has a three 0 lead tim do we get this right no i don't know what show you guys watched but it wasn't hollywood game night uh hollywood game night is so much fun uh the 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 celebrities trying to name other celebrities and not being able to name their peers super entertaining um, I was an early watcher of Hollywood game night and yeah, it fell off my radar, but that's more just because, you know, other people I was with, didn't watch it. Um, Hollywood game night is so much fun. Uh, and you know, it's, it's been said match game is basically Hollywood squares. Um, but, but Hollywood game night is,
4: uh,
1: it, it's, it's so, uh, varied, you know, every episode's a little bit different. They play different games. You watch Jane Lynch get drunk. Um, yeah, my vote was for Hollywood Game Night here.
0: Hey Tim, I don't know how to tell you this. I don't know if this is good company or bad company, but I agree with you 100%. Hey,
1: at least you got something right. Or am I Am I wrong?
0: I think hmm. we're right. Because I, I love Hollywood Game Night. I had never fell off that train. I love that show. I think it's freaking fun. I like the celebrity aspect. They're all in there to promote stuff. I don't care. For the most part, there's always one or two on there that are genuinely engaging and genuinely entertaining.
1: And it was developed by Sean Hayes. Was it really? Yeah, so That
0: makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Apparently, he used to throw legendary game night parties, and they went, let's make this a TV show and put Jane Lynch in front of the camera. See, so now, now I want to do game night with him and then uh,
0: Dungeons and Dragons with Joe Magalegano, or whatever his name is. But hey, you know what? Match game is going to move on, much to my chagrin. We are moving on. We've got two picks left this bracket, or at least this portion of the bracket. We're starting this one off with Steven. Steven, you are choosing between the seven seed Supermarket Sweep or the 10 seed Joker's Wild.
3: Okay, I have described twice now what a perfect game show is one that we all think we'd be great at, and two that's incredibly difficult. And nothing is more descriptive of that than saying it's the fucking tithe on the bottom shelf, you blind (laughs) asshole, (laughs) to a woman that is so desperate to win such a paltry sum of money it could not possibly affect her life in any way. Supermarket Sweep is the gold star of game shelves. It is perfect. The little question rounds are meaningless and so easy you should know every single one. You should have 12 minutes built up and everyone only ends up with three somehow. And Nobody goes straight to the goddamn meats and cheeses. It's all meats and cheeses. You get the diapers later because you're tired and they're lighter. Start with the fucking turkeys and hand, people. It's supermarket sweep. How do you not know how to do this? Supermarket sweep.
0: We need to cut his caffeine intake. My Lord. <laughs> the mountain dude kicked in. Mike, follow that up.
4: Oh, goodness! Uh, I am not as enamored with supermarket sweep as Steven is. Uh, clearly it, it's fine. it It's definitely it's definitely fun. it's it's kinetic watching the people watching people run around and everything. I don't I, I you know, i'm I'm a very basic supermarket person, so I don't even really think I would do very well at that game. But I always look at Supermarket sweep and it's kind of it it just has this sort of feel about like, what if The Price is Right only had one game played over and over again and it was people running around with a, with a grocery cart trying to pick out expensive items? Like, I don't know. It, it, it gets old to me. I'm not in love with Joker's Wild, but at least the new version is hosted by Snoop Dogg, so I'm going to give my vote to Joker's Wild.
1: Joker's Wild has tied it up one to one. Tim, we're over to you. Yeah, so this is the battle of shows that were recently rebooted and I don't care uh, <laughs> i never watched i watched the original supermarket sweep i never really watched joker's wild it's fun to be watching people stare at the item and not see it um i'm not gonna get, quite get as loud and passionate as steven but he's 100 percent right on this that's the entertainment value how stupid these people can be it's family feud meets you know you know Find it in the grocery store. It's that dumb. Um, People are stupid and it's entertaining. And I'm going with
0: Supermarket Sweep. All right. Supermarket Sweep has a two to one lead. Mr. Woodhead, take us home. Yeah, I I guess uh,
2: I don't know that I have anything more to add than what uh, my fellow panelists have said. I think uh, Joker's Wild is, is just kind of there. uh, I think if it were just limited to the Snoop Dogg version, maybe I would vote for it, but there was a lot of mediocrity that occurred before that, uh, and that has to go on its permanent record. Uh, supermarket Sweep was never boring, for sure. Hmm. Uh, I believe there was one time where a, uh, a couple in a sweep got $7.00. Uh I'm still <laughs> impressed by how that is possible. Uh, I believe it involved uh I, I couldn't find a video of the event, but I believe it involved them forgetting a shopping cart. Yeah. What? What? I don't know. I don't understand how that's possible.
0: <laughs> Were they in the cotton ball aisle and just filling their arms with cotton balls and running back to the register? What the hell happened? <laughs> I have no idea. Go for the Epsom, salt, Go
1: Go. Um,
2: but, but yeah, if uh, um, if anyone has any more insight onto the uh, infamous $7 sweep, please uh, uh, post it on our Facebook page. Otherwise, um, I think I'm just going to give my vote to Supermarket Sweep and move it along.
0: <laughs> All right. Supermarket Sweep is going to move it along. It's going to end around to 16. And we're on to our last pick of the bracket or at least of this portion of the bracket. Mike, we're starting off with you. This is your 15-2 matchup. The two-seed, the classic let's make a deal, the 15-seed Battle of the Network
4: Stars. When I saw Battle of the Network Stars on here, I was kind of like, I, I guess I was thinking more in, ti- in terms of, of syndicated game. Like, Battle of the Network Stars was more of almost a periodic event, necessarily, than like a... Than a tr- I mean, obviously, it has a game show element, but... It's it's not really what I'm looking for if I'm looking for a game show and and honestly I'm not sure it mattered anyway because it's going up against Let's Make a Deal, <laughs> Let's Make a Deal is one of those iconic game shows that we all know like, even if you've never seen an episode you're vaguely familiar with. Do you want this or do you want what's in the box? You know, and if you're a UHF fan, you love that moment when he lifts up the box and there's nothing and he calls him stupid. Like it's it, it's that kind of stuff. Like it is a pop culture thing that is so. Um, it's so well-known and it's, and it is, it's a lot of fun. It's all regular people and they're just picked out of the audience. They wear ridiculous costumes. Uh It's hilarious when they get zonked. It's, it's a blast. So yeah, let's make a deal is the clear winner here in my opinion. All right, Tim.
1: All right. I promise that this is the last one that I'm not super caring about. Um At least the rest of it. I have a pretty heavy, um, there's, there's one in the second, round, second episode that I don't care particularly about, but um, I never really watched one of these. However, only one of these spawned a probability puzzle, and we're going to have a little lesson here. If you pick a door, it's called the Monty Hall problem. If you pick a door, they're inevitably going to open one of the other doors. At that point, it is always to your advantage to switch doors. Mathematically, the the odds are in your favor to switch doors because when you pick that first door, you had a one in three chance. If you stick with that door, you're sticking with your one in three chance. But once they've opened a door, you now have a 50-50 chance when you switch. Mathematically, it is in your favor to go with the other door so this has been math lessons with tim and uh my votes for let's make a deal (laughs) let's make
0: a deal's got another vote the next pick here goes to steven
1: why i agree
3: with the premise uh you actually end up with a two-thirds chance of winning if you switch remember your initial pick if you picked the goat door you've seen another goat door So that means if you choose to switch and you picked a goat door, you're going to a car. If you choose to switch and you pick the other goat door, you're going to a car. If you choose the car and you switch, you go to a goat door. So in two of the three possible scenarios, you get the car if you switch. You've got a 66.6% chance of winning the car if you switch. I know it's counterintuitive. Switch every time. If you ever get the chance to switch... Switch, unless it's a magician, then he's fucking with your head. Obviously, my <laughs> vote has to go for the best show.
4: Uh,
3: it's not even close. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. He's got a third pick.
0: Let's wrap this thing up. Jeff, did I skip you? Technically. I did. Jeff, we're going to wrap it up with you anyway, my friend. I wanted—I <laughs> value your opinion so much, I wanted you to be the last voice I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo.
2: Behind door number one, we have a show that is iconic enough that the previous two panelists just expounded upon the mathematics of it. And they're not the only ones. Mythbusters did a bit <laughs> on the Monty Hall paradox. It's so well known in such a part of our culture that... Uh, it just comes up in so many places, even though I don't believe the situation will ever exist that much in real life. I can't, uh, can't think of any other situation in which I've run into a Monty Hall paradox and actually had to make the decision with any stakes behind it whatsoever. Uh, and behind door number two, we have the television equivalent of a bunch of goats. Uh, yeah, Battle of the Network Stars is just kind of dumb and doesn't even feature any actual contestants it's just celebrities that's not even a game show at that point that's just shitty celebrity reality tv (laughs) uh so so yeah the uh the car in this case is clearly let's make a deal uh move it on
0: and moving it on we will before we bring it to the end of the, end of this part of the bracket, let's recap what the Sweet 16 on this portion of the bracket is going to look like because we're going to have, as Mike finishes that big-ass
4: can of Fosters, is it <laughs> gone now? All 25.4 fluid ounces or 750 milliliters of Fosters Ooh. are tearing up my liver as we speak.
0: Yes. We'll call that pre-gaming for the next episode. Indeed. You're but the Sorry, the Sweet 16 on this portion of the bracket is going to be the one seed The Price is Right against the eight seed Double Dare, which I'm imagining is going to be a battle of our childhoods. The five seed, the Pyramid Series, going up against the four seed, Family Feud. The six seed, win, lose, or draw, taking on the three seed of Match Game. Still not happy about that. The seven seed, Supermarket Sweep against the two seed, Let's Make a Deal. Before we get to the Sweet 16, though, we've got the other portion of the round of 32. These same panelists will be back next week to make those choices, and there are some doozies over there, because if you can't tell, there's a couple of big game shows we didn't talk about this week. They're on the next bracket, I promise you. If you are enjoying what we're doing at Boozy Bracketology, a few things you can do. One, patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B is your exclusive home for not just the Boozy Bracketology podcast our bonus content, But our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience, bonus brackets, bonus content, and Boozy Revisited, an exclusive show that takes place after our brackets that goes back and looks at the bad decisions we've made. I have a feeling Hollywood Game Night will be coming up on that episode. But you can also find us on The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology on Facebook, Boozy Brackets on Twitter, Boozy Bracketology on Instagram, You'd think there'd be an easier way to handle all those, but there's not because our uh, our name is rather long. But for the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, I have been your host,
3: Chris. I've been Tim. I've been Jeff. I have been Stephen.
4: And I have been, once again, to remind everyone, the one that lost the Oscars bet to Chris and is will be spending this month drinking that beer, Mike. Notice we don't make any
0: bets on trivia. Everyone, have <laughs> a good one.